Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 117, where we settle some of music's biggest questions. I'm Tom, of course, and Neil's out there somewhere. Neil? Hey, everybody, how are you all doing? Um, Tom, are you drunk? Are you drunk? You sound you kind of, kind of drunk, dude. I had a couple of beers when I got home, but no, I'm absolutely not drunk. I'm, it's so hot, Neil, that anything I drink just automatically melts out of me, I think. Okay, well, so good to know. It, uh, Maybe, maybe you had a stroke instead. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. <laughs> it was bound to happen. So, anyway, here, I, of course, you can find us at our normal spots, Punk Till I Die Podcast on Facebook and Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here complaining about the heat, and we're talking to a couple guys who it's probably like 120 degrees and 120% humidity. We're talking to Taylor Nordberg and Jeremy Kling from the band four and they are somewhere in florida whereabouts are you guys at uh there's a there's a hole in the ground and it's called spring hill and mm. that's where we're at spring hill florida kind of in the middle like north of tampa okay what is it with florida so 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 to, so to kind of introduce these guys they they play in a punk rock band called Four F O R E, but they also play in about fifty different heavy metal bands. What is it with Florida metal? Is it the heat? <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, it's got to be the heat. It's got to be the humidity too. When your balls stick together like two pieces of wet bologna, it causes <laughs> you to be upset, and you just, you know, you just start writing power metal or power chord riffs together, and then you just trim pick them eventually because you're so upset. And how moist it is in between your legs. Well, I'll well, tell you, you what, go, Tom. Man, that was a lot, be, of, lot of detail I'm, right there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Neil. I'm going to be a Michigan metalhead then because, well, I sort of am anyway, but I'm definitely going to be a Michigan metalhead because it was so hot today that my ball sweat had ball sweat. Okay. That's how bad. Ball sweat. That's how bad. Yeah, ball sweatception, Taylor just said, and that's upsetting. I'm actually from, uh, I was born in Flint, Michigan, as a matter of fact. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm a transplant down here to a, I'm a Florida florida resident by proxy you know like because uh, i've been here since i was nine but yeah originally okay. from well i can see why florida would be appealing well Everybody i mean did. i came here as a kid so i mean <laughs> i got you so you didn't have a choice i was gonna say you bet you don't go back to visit very often do you no i go i go back every every now and again i see my grandma and uh you know she's out in uh davidson as a matter of fact so it's on the outskirts of Flint. So, oh yeah yeah that's nice nice area how far yeah. from you is that Tom? Guys- is, is that far Eh, a couple hours. I'm so I'm like west of Grand Rapids, just a hair. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. So I'm like 15 minutes from Lake Michigan. It's pretty nice over here. Yeah, nice. Very cool. But you oh. know, we get dumped out with snow and it's hot and it's, we we definitely get all our seasons. No question about that. So you guys, so you guys, you guys have put out. Let me. So you guys have put out. You, you were talking about how many records you've done this year before we before we started. You just put out a new record with your band. In Human Condition, which is called Rat God, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And then you put out a you put out a record with your band Absence, right? What was that one called? Uh, that's called Coffinized. Coffinized. And and at some point, and and you you guys played in one. He plays in Venom. Which one? Which one he plays? Or Venom Inc. Which one he plays in Venom Inc. That would be me. I Jeremy. I played drums in Venom Inc. So how did you end up with that gig? So Neil, do you know Venom at all? They're an English band, right? Oh yeah, yep, hundred percent. 
English. You know them, Neil, or no? I mean, I know, I know the name from seeing it on like Metalhead's t from Sweat on Sweat's T-shirts and stuff like that. But I don't think I know the I know the I don't know the band at all. I'm afraid. So you guys can have to <laughs> fill me in because I'm the I'm the metal uh, novice right here. That's so okay. I was gonna say. So Neil grew up in in England in the like late '70s, where you couldn't weren't really allowed to be like a headbanger and a, a punk rocker at the same time. Yeah, we were mortal enemies. Yeah. So yeah, so he grew up listening to punk rock. Now I grew up in the you know metal friendly '80s where I listened to both the Exploited and Anthrax and stuff like that. So it was definitely a little a little different situation. But how'd you end up with the? Uh, so Venom Inc. Neil is I believe a bunch of the old time kind of original guys from Venom doing doing Venom right, and they're putting out new music and playing playing the classic Venom things. But you're pretty young to be in that band. How'd you end up with that gig, Jeremy? Uh, I am 38, and uh, I ended up with that gig because I did front of house for them on a tour. Uh, I'm a live sound engineer, and okay. uh, they actually were in the midst of going through a drummer transition, which was their original drummer, Abaddon. Um, they were in a in a transitional period with him, and I had done a tour with them, and it was the right place, right time, and we got on great, and... Uh, yeah, we had already had touring history, so it was kind of an easy choice for them to take me out on tour in Europe with suffocation. And when I did that, I became a full-time member, permanent member. And uh, we just tracked a, a record, and that should be out sometime later on in this year. I don't have an exact date, but that's coming out. And originally, um, they were from uh, Newcastle oh. in England. Okay, Geordies, they're, okay. They're all Geordies, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean, Neil? From Newcastle. Tell me what that means. They're from Newcastle, almost, almost by, uh, almost where John Bates, our friend from Japan, is almost where he is from, originally. So, what is that? What kind of part? Of the, I mean, is that is that like is that like a roughneck part of the country? Is it a genteel part of the country? No, what it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's roughneck. It's yeah, it's my it's mining town. It was a lot of miners, a lot of uh, a lot of shipbuilding. I mean, it's almost in Scotland. That's I mean, it's northeast, north northeast of England. And they were okay. actually from right, uh, right there at Wall's End, which is where the wall ends. There you go. <laughs> which I think that that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, we're from Wall's End. I was like, they're like, that's where the wall ends. I was like, wow, aptly named. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so pardon my ignorance, but okay, why is it Venom Inc.? Why isn't it just Venom? Well, uh, man, they've had a sordid history. Like, I mean, I I implore anybody who is a fan of punk rock because essentially what they were doing in the early days was punk rock and mixed with uh, kind of like some Motorhead type shit. So it's really yeah, it was like harder harder edge Motorhead, Neil. I would say yeah, it's definitely. it's really great. And they had three um, important records, and they basically came out of nowhere and overnight within. Like one week they played at some church locally, and then the next week they literally played in front of like three thousand people. Uh, and then, then they sold out the Hammersmith Odeon and down there in London and all that jazz. So, uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so they had they had a bunch of like really popular records, and then this guy quit, and then that guy came back, and then that guy quit, and then that guy came back, and this guy was fired, and this guy, and like I mean, it went on and on and on for thirty years. And uh, so the original guitar player, Jeff, or Mantis, uh, and the original drummer, Abaddon, uh, or Tony, and this, <laughs> the guy, uh, Demolition Man, who sang on their Primeval record, he, he was a singer from 90 until 94. They all started a band, and they called that Venom Inc. And um, it kind of was like the original. The original singer still has the name Venom, it still has the Venom name, Neil, I think, uh, right? 
Yep. The original yeah. singer has the has the name Venom, and I think that that's only by accident because everybody all just kind of like walked away, not because anybody like properly secured it or anything like intelligent like that. Sure. It just, he just kind of landed with it on him. So, yeah. Anyways, so some people some people like that version, some people like our version, some people like both. So that's pretty cool. That's almost like the well, Sam sixty nine thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, sort of, sort of like that, yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, you guys are doing new music. Like, the original guy's not, or the guy who's got the Venom name, like, he is not, he's not really put much out, is he? Uh, I mean, he's done some stuff. Um, it, it's gotten slagged a lot. It's gotten praised a lot. I mean, it's really, again, it's just up to the individual listener. Uh, they, Some people like it, some people don't. Some people like, again, some people like what we're doing, some people like what they're doing. It's it's one of those things, Neil. The original albums were so crude sounding, yeah, and in kind of a in kind of a cool way. That I almost don't know how you do it today. You know what I mean? You'd almost have to like get a high tech like recording system and then shove the microphone up somebody's ass or something. I mean, it's 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 very it was very it was not without its charms, but it was very very crude sounding. Well, so yeah, and I, so, think so. That, I think that he's tried to do that. Uh, Kronos, which is the singer, I think he's tried to do yep. that, and it just comes out like weird because it's all still digital and clean, and it doesn't sound like yeah. 14, 15, and 16-year-olds in there angry just throwing it at it. It sounds like older fellas in a studio trying to write some shit that sounds, uh, you know, like upset teen rock, and it I think it kind of falls short for some people. So so again so so did they come after I assume they did I assume they came after like I remember the new wave of British heavy metal which was like what Tigers of Pantang and I think Def Leppard came out of that right but I think that might have been late seventies yeah but Iron Maiden Jewish Iron Maiden yeah. like that right yeah they they started in seventy nine and then they put their first record out in eighty one okay and they put out a record their second record was called Black Metal which spawned the genre wow. What's well, yeah. you, you've never have you ever heard the song you, like Neil? Their biggest song, at least in my mind, is "Evil in the League with Satan." You've never heard that? No, sir. Mm-hmm. In League with not. Satan, yeah, that's a good one. We played that you in know, Turkey, uh, and the cops were the cops had come in to shut the show because we were playing too late, and uh, we just kept playing it anyways. And they pulled the power, and I just <laughs> played the drums, and the whole crowd was just singing "Evil in League with Satan." It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> You, you should you actually should know that song if for no other reason than the Meat Men covered it. Oh, okay. Not familiar, but the okay. great the great Michigan Meat Men. Yes, on, on which right. album? They covered it out there. I think it was on one. It was on one of the EPs. Yeah, it might have been on like the War the Super Superbikes Two or something. I can't okay. remember. I'll yeah, find it. I'll find it. Doesn't sound familiar yeah. to me, but okay. But it's it's a fun, it's a I, I hate to say it's a fun song. Cause it's supposed to be evil, but it's a fun song. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like the drum beat is George Jungle. George, George, George of the Jungle. Okay. Well, dude, don't don't de- no, don't demystify that for us. Yeah, I just demystified it. Don't demystify it. That's my opinion as a listener. So I mean, that's not Love that's it. not from the band. They weren't like, hey, this is George of the Jungle, Jeremy. <laughs> so so when you when you play when you do Venom Inc. in Europe, are you guys playing big? I mean, you guys play really big venues and festivals, or are you doing clubs, or what do you what do you do? What yeah, kind of yeah, venues are you playing? Uh, it's kind of like a combo with the two, man. I mean, we play really big fest, like we played Hellfest and we played Vakken, and we've done really big shows and we've done some smaller club stuff. Like we played in like a like audio in Glasgow, and it's like a really kind of small little closet of a venue. But there was like two or three hundred people in there, and it was humidity on one hundred and fifty. It reminded me of Florida, actually, hmm. like the walls were sweating. <laughs> so, 
you know it, yeah, it varies you know it varies on uh region to region mm. so so you guys um are in a couple bands together obviously we kind of mentioned that earlier and one of the guys in four is from creator which is another kind of seminal thrash band german thrash band is that one of you guys or is that one of the other guys uh that's speezy the bass player okay he still lives in germany now oh so he's still in germany that's yep. convenient for practice, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your your singer is Canadian, right? Yeah, we call him the Canadian Glenn Hughes. Now, now, do you know who Glenn Hughes is, Neil? I don't. I don't. I'm fucking neophyte right over here. <laughs> who's Glenn Hughes? That's, <laughs> that's, from... that's not a very scary name, though, is it? Like Abaddon or some shit. What was who's Chris? Well, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice well, he's from. He was from Deep Purple, right? Yeah, he played in uh, Trapeze before that. Another cool band. Okay. So, so anyway, Taylor, great. we've heard all, we've heard all about um, Jeremy's exciting bands. What, uh, what's your most famous band you play in? Is it the ones with him, or is it? Are you playing in? Are you like in some hidden gem of a, of an old school band that we don't know about too? <laughs> uh, no, I guess probably the bands that uh that we're in now are probably I guess the uh, the gems. But uh, I did have a brief stint. For about a year and a half, playing bass with uh, Soil Work, Swedish band. Oh, okay. Wow, guys. So, okay. So I'll tell you what. We better play. We better play a song. Okay. Let's let's throw a let's throw a song in there. Let's throw that new single in there, which is called Repeated Subtraction. Because I Repeated yes. Subtraction, I believe, right? Repeated Subtraction. So, so I get the feeling. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know. Maybe you guys don't write the words. But is this is this song about basically how uh, we keep voting for the same jerks over and over again and are surprised that nothing good comes of it? Is that what this song is about? Uh, we have nothing to do with the lyrics, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Uh, but if you watch the video, you can see that it's just pretty much about how America is just a bunch of idiots in general. Yeah, because we do make really bad decisions, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Repeated, mean, repeatedly, yes. Repeatedly. <laughs> we try not to All right, Neil. Too, we just uh, let the music do the talking. Amen. Gotcha. Is, so is this just a, a one-off single, or is this working towards a new album, or, or what's, what's, what is this this thing? Uh, well, we have 13 songs pretty much ready to go for album number two. And uh, we have a cover that's ready to roll, and then we had this single that was ready uh, so we wanted to just get a single out in the meantime while we finish up the next record. Uh, it might go on the next record, or it might just be a standalone track. We haven't really decided that yet. But we got All right. it's ready to roll. All right, DJ, let's spin it. <laughs> okay, this is four with repeated subtraction.
All right, there it was, four, with repeated subtraction. You heard it here first. There you go. Yes. I don't know about that. I don't know about it first. Our old British guys, it's, they're probably hearing it here first. Yeah, it's probably true, Neil. No, June, June, so, June 2021, man. It just came out. That's fresh, huh? Yeah, pretty damn fresh. Excellent. Yep, yeah. yeah, it's got a video. Um, so how okay? How do how do you all you headbangers get together to, and decide to do a punk band? How does this? How did this happen? Uh, well, these things usually happen like uh, Jeremy and I are talking, and uh, we go, "Hey, man, you know we don't have a punk band yet," and then uh, <laughs> then we start. We yeah. only have seven bands. We need another band, right? No, it's it, actually our number tally is somewhere in like the mid twenties. Uh, is it really? Wow. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, but yeah, that it kind of happened. Like, I mean, I I grew up listening to um, I loved No Effects and Lagwagon, and I didn't really get into like the crusty or into punk or like the underground stuff. That ne- that stuff never really struck me. I really liked skate punk when I was a kid. I skateboarded quite a bit. Um, from about 12 until 16, around the age where I got a car and you no longer needed a skateboard everywhere. And I, I hurt my foot really bad, and I had a show with my first band. And I made a decision then and there. I'm like, well, either I'm going to continue to skateboard or I'm just going to play music because I can't do both because I'm going to continue to injure my, myself. Now, that was just me being a young guy and whatever. But... Uh, Man, I grew up playing that style, like skate punk, Bad Religion, and stuff like that. I loved it. I loved all of that, like California stuff that was going on. And then fast forward to all these years later of playing, you know, death metal, melodic death metal, um, this, that. I mean, which is very akin to, it's very akin to punk, anyways, because there's D beats and there's thrash beats, and that's the same thing as a punk beat, you know, my opinion. And uh, Taylor also grew up listening to. Yeah, Offspring, um, lots of lots of skate punk bands as well, and we were just kind of sitting around, like he said, and it was like, dude, let's start up. Maybe, maybe we need a punk band, you know? I mean, the, the world needs a punk. Band. The world needs a damn like skate punk band. Like, where the hell are those bands at? None of those bands are making music <laughs> like this anymore. So what the fuck? Actually, that's not true. The, those same bands that you grew up listening to, they're old geezers now, but they're still kicking, right? <laughs> Man, <laughs> none of those, none of their new music makes you go, "I'm gonna jump on a skateboard and fucking yeah. fly over this house." None of their new music. It's more like pop millennial stuff, which is cool, and I'm stoked they're still rocking. You know, it's pretty awesome, but. uh it's not really like it's not really doing it for me for sure. Like I mean, although we did watch the Bad Religion, they did that those live streams and they did the eighty sets yep. and those were those were fucking killer. I thought really killer. Uh, especially when they get done with a song, like done with three or four songs in a row, and Greg Graffin is just like <laughs> <laughs> just like sucking down the oxygen. <laughs> I, uh, I I I I do I, I we went to one of those shows a couple years back. They were did it in Chicago where they're doing like two nights in a row where they did like the first twenty years one night, and then the next twenty years the next night. That was that was actually pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, they still kick out. And even the yeah. last one, even the last twenty years, when you sort of distill it down, was pretty good. You know, <laughs> like, like yeah, some I mean, of the that, and that's what I'm don't saying. Really do much for me, but. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from them because I mean they're still being artists and they're still creating. So sure. rock and roll, good on you. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. To me, it doesn't sound like an early, early skate punk record, which is what I liked about punk. Was it made me want sure. to skateboard, ollie, kickflip, you know, do all that crap, and then, you know, maybe thrash around while I was skating with my buds. 
So sure. we started this. We started this project, and this kind of was all spawned out of like at the beginning of the quarantine. We did this thing called All in One, and it was we woke up in the morning, we wrote, recorded, mixed, mastered, and released a song in just in one day with one day's so that, time. That was just the two, that was the two of you. You were living yeah. together, so you were kind of okay. Yeah, that was the two of us here in our studio. And uh, then the second song we did, we did a the first song we did was like a slam song, like Suffocation. Then the second day we did um, uh, a Swedish styled worship song, so like Grave or like any of those early Swedish death metal bands with the HM2 worship and all that shit. So we got two Swedes to also join in with this. So it's a little more complicated because we wrote, woke up, wrote our parts, sent it across the pond over to them. They wrote, recorded their parts, sent it back, and then we mixed, mastered it, and released it online. Um, and in doing so, we did 12 songs in different genres of metal. And uh, on that's how we kind of like fell into working with Speezy from Creator. And uh, that's also how we fell into working with Brian, um, which he sang for. He's got a band called Old James, which is pretty sweet. So in the... Uh, in the end, like we kind of poached those two guys from that session and created four our band because we'd already we'd already recorded all the guitars like eight months earlier. I just had a good reason to then play the drums, to, and then we had a bass player and a singer. Kind of crazy. So, have you guys ever been in the same room together and played? Mm, negative. No, not at all. Not yet, huh? Nope. Will that happen? At, will that happen at some point? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a booking agent already in Europe, and um, we sold really well on our uh, on our first release. So, especially in Germany, so um, it's looking it's looking like whenever we've just been obviously waiting for everything to open up to have a reason to get together. So you guys recorded an album in was it a full album in like 2020 or something? It's called it's Hombres, right, or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a spoof. Well, it's a double spoof, really. Um, <laughs> the uh, the hombres came from Trace Hombres ZZ Top, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a classic. Yeah. And then uh, the picture of us on the album cover. Deep is Purple, kind of, isn't it? It's from Deep Purple. Yeah, Deep Purple. To Deep Purple. In, rock. in rock. So on yep. the back of the record, we thank our good friends in ZZ Top and Deep Purple. Yeah, we're not really friends with them, but we thank them anyways, like we were friends, um, because that's fucking punk rock. Damn it. <laughs> all right i'll tell you what let's let's play a song from that album let's do it and that was gonna be what was that we're gonna be you know, like, keep closing uh, well, my phone a, up there, I there, was, there was a few there was song for a friend or today we rise uh which one would you let's do today we rise that's that's a short one okay what's this one about uh it's about rising up and seizing the day yeah like today and don't waste you know don't waste your life Okay, there we go. All right. So four with Today We Rise, No Tomorrow.
today we rise, no tomorrow. There we go. Ooh. That is yeah. not. That is not Man. a long song, fellas. That Man, that had me hyped, song. dude. I'm feeling hyped, <laughs> you, even though it was short. Well, I'm hyped. It's funny, you have to have your wrists so strong for playing all those metal riffs, and that must be just like, it's almost like an interlude for you guys. Playing <laughs> well, for like one hour, one minute, 15 seconds. It's nice to play the short songs, that's for sure. Yeah, it's like grindcore. There you go. Alright, so, true or false, you named your band after the great Huey Lewis album 4. <laughs> oh, man. Got it in one. Uh, that is a, I have that vinyl, and it's great. Side note: <laughs> It's not as good as it's not as good as sports, but it's solid. <laughs> it's not as good as uh, sports. It's not. Uh, you know. Also, there's that band Foreplay, which they're a killer band. Uh, like uh, jazz. What's that? Like like 80s or 90s jazz uh, stuff. It's really cool. Mm. Um, no, no we. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Check out Foreplay. Um, man, I'll actually I'll Skype message you a great song to listen to by Foreplay when we're all said and done. With. Uh, Taylor, can I tell will you. give it. I will give it at least a minute. I swear. <laughs> All right. Full play. Uh, okay. Let me look listen, I'll here. give it. I'll give it the length of that. I'll give it for sure the length of that last song. One hour or one, one minute fifteen seconds. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So the name. You're talking about the name. Uh, well. Being in a hundred bands is cool and all until you have to come up with a band name, which is arguably the worst part about making a new band because there's just so <laughs> many bands out there. So we had, we probably had 50 different names where we, we sort of wanted a one word name. Mm. I feel like that's just the strongest choice in a band name. Uh, nobody likes a phrase name. So we probably had 20 or 30 names picked out and then we would look it up and, oh, no, that's already a band or, oh, no, that's already a pop band or, oh, this is already a whatever do you go so, on like do you go on like discogs or wikipedia or where do you do that uh, you just wherever you can find it and if you come up with somebody's band then it was like ah dang it all right well what about this one so honestly i have no idea how we stumbled on four well we, we like it because there's four of us so that that's even funnier that's why we named the first record four hombres because that's just funny i mean which oh, punk be funny again yes in, in our opinion it should be funny and then now it's limitless. Like the next record we're gonna call Skin. So that's amazing. Ah! I mean, there's <laughs> that is there, that is amazing actually. <laughs> there is so many directions we can go with it. And four is the front. You know, it's the front, which is also pretty sweet. We we are at the four of something. I don't See, know I just, what. Well, the, the but the but the real thing you think of is golf, though, of course. And you guys are in Florida, the land of a billion golf courses, right? Yeah, I mean, we might do a golf record. Yeah, we you know we we might even put out sports. It golf and destroy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I like I like that skins I, that skins idea. I think that's I think that's very. Uh, but uh, I don't know whose art you can parody for that. Maybe that like uh, Dead Kennedys album, like that uh, penis landscape that got got him jello thrown in jail in like 1980 or something. We got a we got a pretty sweet idea already going, and I think that. You'll either like it or you'll go, huh, at least. You'll at least go, huh. (laughs) You know, the hardest part is getting someone to notice through the hundreds of records that we paw through every time we go to the shop. So, you know, if if you give an image that arrests a little bit, you know, that's the best you can hope for. But I wonder how many, like, like dad rock guys 
like found your record at the store and went, my gosh, this is like a cross between CZ Top and Deep Purple. I need this in my collection. I need this and, and uh, Pink Floyd and uh, Fleetwood Mac. And they bring it home and put it on and go, what the hell is that Kind this? of surprised, yeah. Well, actually, that's yeah, a good exactly. question, Tom. So is, is it only available on CD or, or did you press some vinyl? Uh, vinyl, uh, we pressed on, we did a limited yellow vinyl. Oh, and we did okay. A, did a, we did a screen printed vinyl oh. um, because the record fits on one half, which is pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, so on the back side of the one half, we just uh, screen printed uh, our ugly faces from the cover, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> and uh, and then we did CDs. And uh, we were talking about doing tapes, but I think we're gonna do tapes on the next one. But I don't know how well punk rockers are into tapes. I know that the metalheads like tapes right now, but. I'm not sure if punk guys will which, be which, which I which I don't get at all. I just don't get it at all. Cassettes were a thing that I couldn't wait to get rid of. They, they, they yeah. sucked. And, uh, yeah. But suddenly it's hip again. I don't know. I guess I tried I to a lot, right? punk, a lot of punk I, rockers like tapes, though, Neil. We, well, see, we cheap. see a lot of people. I mean, make, they're cheap, but, no, but they suck. I mean, they're, they're yeah. just a yeah. pain like in the, the fucking uh, ass. They just like the collecting end of it, I guess, which is pretty cool. Like, we did that for our band in Human Condition. We made tapes with the Norelco packs and all that stuff. And they, <laughs> they, they look pretty sweet, man. You look at it and you're like, oh, man, there it is, you know. And then, you know. What is the Norelco pack? That made, made Neil laugh. I don't know what that is. Uh, is that's that before the, my time? Uh, that's the cases, the uh, Norelco cases. So the, the plastic cases, like the classic ones, you know, that full. Oh, okay, I got you. And, uh, well, it's. They just look super official, you know. It's, it, you're like, wow, you would have seen this in Sam Goody in, you know, maybe '88. See, I wonder if you were like you were saying, you know, they probably just put it on the shelf and then stream it, right? I mean, you can because I think it comes with a digital download. Because I get... mean, I don't have, I don't have a tape player anymore, and I refuse. I refuse to get one. My last tape player I had was in my daughter's 2000 Buick Century. Which we got rid of. Well, it's really it's now. really annoying because I still have a lot of old live cassettes I recorded myself at gigs, and I have no way of playing them. But I refuse to spend any money on getting a fucking cassette player. So I guess I have <laughs> got to have, find somebody who can who can like dub them for me. Well, or something. you could spend. Yeah, you know, I would say spend ten times as much and have them made into like uh, digital or CDs or something. Yeah. Or or you can just go to Goodwill and go buy a damn tape deck that has there uh, you go that has digital inputs, and then you can just dump it right in. There you go. And then you got them. Then yeah. you you bought it for five bucks, and then you're back. There you go, Neil. Didn't you go through that stage? I had that where I had like my Sony Walkman, and I had like jam the tape into my like cassette deck of my deck of my car, and then play CDs through my cassette deck. You ever had that? Oh, there? that yeah, it's for about a week or something like that. Yeah, that was that was pathetic. With the, <laughs> the oh, I had that for years, man. That thing, was yeah. the best. Of course you did, <laughs> cheap bastard. It was the best. <laughs> Hey, something else about this cover, man. It's really funny, actually. I was just looking at the fuller album on Discogs. Yeah. Have you seen it, Tom? It has this. It has this used. It, it has the it, used I sticker. It, it it has like a used sticker, three sixty nine, like on the top, as if they got it from the used bin or something like that. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Hey, man, it looks really cool in the vinyl version. You get that, and you're like, damn, this is it. It already looks like an old piece of shit, which is funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really well done, actually. Like, thank I like you very it a lot. much. Yes, congratulations, guys! Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We did. Uh, we do all of our own stunts. We did that in house, and uh, we actually hired an artist. Her name is Abby, and uh, she drew us on Mount Rushmore, and then I photoshopped actual Mount Rushmore in there to make it look a little more believable, which is funnier. And uh, yeah, we've, we've 
tried to make it look uh, you know, like a cool record. So if someone saw it, they'd be like, well, maybe I got to hear this. So did yeah. you get the cease and desist from Deep Purple yet? I was no. going to say, it's all funny games till the real Glenn Hughes comes after you, right? No, well, we're going to wait for that, and then we're going to frame it. When yeah, it yeah. There you go. And I don't think they'll do that because we're friends after all. We even said that in our CD. Exactly. Well, and the fact of the matter is you can't buy publicity like that, right? No. I mean, that's like a Rolling Stone blurb. <laughs> How great would that be? I thought the singer from Deep Purple was like, wasn't it Ian Gillen or somebody There's, like that? Yep. Yeah, he was one of them. David Coverdale was one of them. There was a few different singers over the years. He went on to be a white snake, Hughes, right? Shit. Yep. Yeah. Oof. But Glenn Hughes played bass also, and he was definitely one of their best. He might be the best known. I don't know. Glenn Hughes. Glenn, I, I don't You and I have very different views on Deep Purple, Neil, because I'm a pretty big fan of like, the Machine Head album. I don't know like all their stuff, but I like some of it. Some. I, don't, I don't know anything about Deep Purple except for that fucking Smoke on the Water song. <laughs> I think that might be well, it. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> Dude, you wish you'd written that riff, though. If I had written one riff like that, I'd be a, you know, that that's the riff that lives forever. Anyway. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. I think I think we lost our two guests. <laughs> we did. <laughs> like, uh, guys, do you need us? us. Uh, we're, uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. So, hey, so you guys. For some kind of an individual, was it for something or was it just something you did for fun? We lost you a second. Yeah, we lost you, Tom. What was that question again? Oh, I'm sorry. I say you guys did a Pennywise cover. Was it like for a, a tribute album or something? Or was it just something you did for fun? Uh, we just decided, hey, let's cover this. This is a cool song. And then uh, so we did, yeah. as, as these things tend to happen. Yeah, they kind of, uh, we just kind of steamroller in a direction that we want to go in. And if someone's on board, they are cool. Get the backpack. And if not, then okay. <laughs> and op- open door is a great it, tune so we decided to do you know just uh do that it was a lot of fun i feel like you guys that's definitely i mean they were you, musically you guys are kindred spirits i would say that was the first thing i thought of when i listened to the record so let's give that a let's give that a spin you know so is this on anything or is this just like a once again like a standalone single kind of thing uh i don't think it's on anything officially we might do like a something later this year with some of these miscellaneous items but okay just uh, on youtube i think kind of as a freebie yeah we'll probably just put it out on tape only just for uh neil and tom to uh <laughs> like uh pull the hair out a, over a, a, like a single yeah you should do a like single, single yeah man. yeah perfect <laughs> one, one song and and not the good cases either just those like crappy cardboard ones that when they get wet they, they're they're goners yeah. all right let's let's spin introduce this, it tom this introduce a, it this is a Pennywise. This is cover of the Pennywise song "Open Door" by our friends in Four. Through that open door 
open door and i'm sure you all knew that song already there you go so so um it's funny i was gonna the thing is with when you when you hear a metal band's doing a or that bunch of metal guys are doing a punk band first thing that you expect is like, suicidal tendencies yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like something crossoverish, right? Yes. And that is not what you guys are doing at all. Was this like a, like we're gonna try to do something totally different with? No, I mean, there's no metal in this at all, right? No, there doesn't need to be. Well, I guess it's, I mean, it has metal parts because I guess if you listen to bands like Pennywise or even like some of the Bad Religion stuff, the riffs are kind of, they're pretty thrashy, and uh, I've I've always been a huge thrash guy. I mean, I grew up with. Like suicidal tendencies was a big thing when I was early high school. Uh, DRI, Anthrax, stuff like that. So the riffs, if you listen to just the riffs, they're pretty thrashy in a way. But I think uh, you know, not having any like double bass or, and also having Brian thing like a majestic being that he is, that kind of guides it away. It is me. very it is very clean, like vocally, very clean, very uh like singing, you know, like yeah. not yelling, Neil, or anything. Well, like bro- you guys are never gonna do like an exploited cover, right? Uh I mean I would be totally down. I love the exploited. Yeah. So we, we have we have tinges of hardcore punk in there, but for the main part it's pretty uh I guess finger quote accessible. Yeah. So Brian is the guy but, from Canada, right? But- yeah, we already yeah, have a bunch of, we already have a bunch of metal bands, so that's okay. This this one doesn't need to be metal. It doesn't have to you know, it doesn't have to sound like we're a metal band or like we're like trying to like a bunch of metal guys trying to write a punk stuff. It's like, well, let's write punk stuff. And then, we just wanted to write the kind of punk that we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind real of stuff one. you grew up li- kind of stuff you grew up listening to. Hundred percent. Yeah. So so you said you're looking at booking some stuff for Europe. Are you going to show up and play punk shows, and they're going to say, "What are these long hair guys doing playing punkers?" That not going to be an issue in Europe. Hopefully, because you know here, like if you show up in Chicago and you're like jump on like a Bull Weevils gig or something, and you guys all have long hair, they're going to be very suspicious of you. <laughs> I hope that. Yeah, Unless you're Keith mean... Morris, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't think that'll be an issue? No, I think so. People are open-minded enough at this point that you know 10 seconds into the song they'll be like oh okay this is not a death metal band gotcha yeah not at all well i think they might be in europe but i'm not sure about the states you know in in europe if you look at these big festivals and the lineups are so crazy diverse it's like social distortion and soil work you know you don't get that i don't think you get that in you in the u.s i don't think we just you know i think in europe it's like hard rock or rock and roll or metal or what or and punk or whatever it kind of gets thrown together but it's i don't know the united states i don't know there still is a certain separation between the headbangers and the and the punks even though it's pretty friendly compared to what he you know when oh, neil was a wee yeah, lad yeah when i was when i was a kid it was not friendly at all yeah but it, but that's england for you i mean it's so factionalized right at least it used to be not anymore but it used to be really factionalized. So tell me about the band Inhuman Condition. I, I don't know anything about about you guys. Was was that a is is that a metal band too or what? Uh, yep, that's a death metal band. Um, Jeremy and I were playing in a pretty legendary Florida death metal band called Massacre uh, at the end of 2019. And uh, long story short, we had to leave that band. Um, and we decided to keep the music alive. Uh, so we hooked up with Terry Butler, who 
also used to be in Massacre, and he played on a couple of Death Records, and he plays an Obituary, and he played on almost all the Six Feet Under albums. So he's a bit of a legend in the death metal scene. Uh, so we uh, we had him jump on board, and uh, we self-released this record, Rat God. It just came out a month ago. And uh, yeah, we have our first tour in September, so... Well, here's, here's an interesting question. So you're doing the two completely different bands, two completely different types of music. Are you using the same equipment or do you use, do you have a different range of guitars and stuff that you use for the different bands? Uh, well, they're, they're all the bands that we play in thankfully use different tunings. So I have, you know, about a hundred guitars and a hundred different tunings. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so they're, they're a little bit, you know, se- sectioned off in, as far as tuning. Um, so like in four, we play an E standard, which is, you know, your standard rock mm-hmm. tuning. Um, human condition, we tune down a full step to D standard. So it has a little wow. bit different sound, and usually I'll dial in a different tone uh, on one of my amps to kind of, you know, not. So there's a little bit of difference between the guitar tones. Yeah, and our, our other band, uh, The Absence, we tune to C and also. Uh, Right. Yeah. So well, we that's just ridiculous. Your strings are basically just hanging there at that point, right? They're almost like <laughs> drag, like no, you dangling got strings. You know, the the kinds that you can really grip, grab a hold of. You know, uh, you <laughs> know. So uh, for me, everything uh, everything I can get done on a five piece drum set, or I can get it done on a double bass drum set. It's it doesn't really matter. It's just interchangeable at that point. I mean, uh, a punk rock beat is a thrash beat, is a D beat, is a D beat, and you know, it's it's just what it is. You know, so I can I can play on pretty much anything. So, so the I guess, so you the, know, it's funny, Neil. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was. I, was I, just, I had I, that same I was, similar question. I'm. All I can think was, are they using like the funny shape, like really jaggy, pointy metal guitars with the whammy bars and stuff, or do you like pull out a Fender or a Gibson to do the punk rock stuff? Well, uh, I pretty much I'm a pointy guitar guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you're not really using the whammy bar on, on four, right? No, there's no guitar solos at all, which is kind of awesome. Because yeah. like the absence, I have to play these like ridiculous shred whammy bar harmonized leads. And then for the four, it's like, oh, I just got a couple power chords and a pick slide and I'm all good. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sorry, dude. Like, good job. I was going to say, so the the absence that sounds like a like a goth band or something like Bauhaus. What what kind of band is the absence? Uh, that's like a Swedish uh, death metal. It's like a block <laughs> so, like so. It couldn't be further from that then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like, well, it's, it's funny. It's. Tom, it's going to be like our mom. You know, like your mom would be like, it all sounds the same to me. <laughs> no, well, you know, but, no, no, but that's interesting, though, because I actually did want to ask the guys that. So, I mean, you've made these huge distinctions, you know, or a death metal band or a Swedish death metal band. So, yep. I mean, basically, what is the... I, I think I think I know what a death, what the definition of a death metal band is, but why don't, why don't you tell me? Like in, well, uh, like the, the melodic death metal band, The Absence, is... In like in the mid '90s, the early mid '90s, uh, in Gothenburg, Sweden, and in Stockholm, and you know the the surrounding areas, uh, they started putting out like this style of music. And stylistically, when you hear it, it sounds like that era. It's and, like Slayer meets Iron Maiden, so it's really brutal, but has lots of harmonies and melodies. And right. 
Are those the, are, are those the guys that were burning down churches and like killing each other and shit? No, oh, that's, that's black metal, Neil. That's and that's Jesus, <laughs> damn it! The, uh, I failed. Yeah, you went down. Uh, the four of the plane went down there for sure. <laughs> there. Um, yeah. No, so that that was over in Norway. So, um, ah. but in in Sweden, we wrote stylistically like um, it's kind of like like Taylor said, like Iron Maiden meets Slayer. And then uh, the other band that we have in Human Condition is more like traditional Florida death metal. So like your obituary or your it sounds like caveman death metal. You know, it's not like it's not necessarily fast and blasty all the time. It's kind of like there's a lot of groove and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know that they all have very definite different feels and different production attacks because uh, Taylor and I, we own a studio and we do all of our own recording and all of our own producing and we make it, you know, sound how it's supposed to sound. So, like, if you listen to The Absence and you listen to In Human Condition and you listen to Four, we tracked it all at the same place, but they have vastly different production approaches uh, for what they need. And what they need are vastly different and different things. So it's, mm. you know, it's it's a very big effort to pay, uh, you know, pay respect to the genres that they are in. Mm. I was so I've been listening to the Inhuman Condition album a little bit, and I definitely get him getting strong, like early in tuned vibes. I don't know if that's I mean because they were Swedish, right? But they were definitely more like the old school death and roll we used to call it, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, w one of their records in particular, they kind of switched their sound from like they had like that early Swedish sound, like the Sunlight Studio sound with the HM2, but then they put out Wolverine Blues, and that was like some mid-tempo bangers yeah, like a lot of like the the mid-90s bands a lot of those a lot of those bands went to like a more hard rock vibe they just like started going towards it so and, and that's when a lot of us jumped a lot of us jumped on board that era i saw them on that tour and was blown away it was so good hell yeah man i i love that record and as a matter of fact if you listen to the lyrics for the next step um, on yeah, left-hand path, the left-hand path yeah, lyric. Yeah, 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 I got there that. you go. So yeah. that's me, man. I did that the day before uh, I tracked that that vocal line, and I had never sang like that. Like, um, I I had never sang a bit like LG, and uh, that was the singer uh, Neil for Into yeah. died died last year, right? Yeah, he died actually uh, the day after his death was announced, the day after I tracked the vocals for The Next Step. And like the mm. day that I tracked it, I was like, man, I was like, LG would be proud right now that I'm, uh, you know, that I've, that I just did these vocals, right? And then the next day we got the news that he passed, and it was like, oh shit, man. I mean, I don't know. I felt like maybe I was channeling him a bit, you know, if you believe in that kind of hokey pokey mm. witchcraft shit. It was a pretty crazy moment. That was, so. the, that was the singer for Entomb Neil. He died of cancer last year. Oh. Mm. It's a very it's a very gruff style of singing. I would say that is the thing that's hardest to get used to. And that's why guys, I, do, they, do, do they sing like werewolves having the bulls snatched? Is it Well, sort of more like the you I'll I'll make the cookie, cookie monster. monster analogy. That's what they always say. But it's <laughs> but there is some subtlety to it. But it's funny cuz you do have to get into it pretty deep to be able to really appreciate the subtleties and I don't even pretend to be into it that far. As a matter of fact, we're getting too deep into the metal. We're going to scare away all the old British guys who are No, I no, I am kind of fascinated around. though cuz I hear all those, you know, all those different subgenres of basically the same thing to me cuz I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference, right? So, um yeah. it is it is in, it is interesting how uh and especially that all this shit is coming from Sweden and Norway and stuff like that, which aren't areas that you would normally, you know, talk about rock and roll coming from, which is interesting. 
Well, it's it's you know they were talking about the Florida death metal thing. You know the band Death, Six Feet Under, Obituary. Those bands were all from Florida. That's why like Florida is like the death metal. It was like the death metal place. Yeah, which just seems Tampa, crazy because it's just was the like capital metal for forever. It was like that's what even people still peg it as. The they say that Tampa is the the death metal capital of the world. Is it still like like I mean, do all the touring death metal bands? I mean, is it huge? You have huge crowds at the shows, or is it, is that kind of passed a little bit? No, yeah, not at all. <laughs> it depends on. The I mean, like of, obituary plays, they still draw a good crowd, or not even. Oh yeah, they, they still sell out and everything. But usually, all the bigger Florida bands, they'll only hit Tampa or Orlando if it's at the beginning or an end of a tour. So, yeah, gotcha. It, it's not like. Go and see Deicide one night, and then the next weekend Morbid Angel is playing, and the next weekend Atheist is playing. It's yeah, mm. yeah, it's more far and few between. So, what do those bands it's, think of Judas Priest? I think everybody who has a soul likes Judas Priest. Okay, yeah, good, good answer. You need to get off. You need to get off the ship if you don't like Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> but in recent years, it's funny because there's been these tours that would have never happened back in the band's heydays. I remember seeing like. I don't know, and I, I'm getting it wrong. Maybe what the lineup was, but it was like Obituary, Prong, and Exodus, or something. You know what I mean? It's like these crazy combinations of death metal bands, thrash metal bands, and all these. It's actually before the COVID stuff hit, there were some really, really cool package tours with all just all different kinds of crap. You know, Madball and Obituary, or, or stupid stuff like that. But they sort of worked, you know. So, anyway, I'm, I mean, it's all like-minded. I mean, that that Obituary. Yeah. Like we call that caveman death metal because it's like, ugh, ugh, caveman. Yeah. Like just like, it's just. But is that like is that like affectionately or you're sort of turning your nose up at it? No, no, no. I I love obituary. I think it's amazing. I think that like it it's simplistic death metal. So it's not. It yeah. doesn't have to be a million miles an hour, and it doesn't have to be millions of miles an hour on the guitar. You know, and like it's just. Yeah. It's, it's it's tangible. It's fucking heavy, and they and they can tour with a uh, you know with sick of it all and Madball and like yeah. the, the crowds for both bands will be like wow I'm gonna mosh my face off and then I'm gonna mosh my <laughs> face off and you know it's pretty so cool. I, so I'm I'm pretty open minded, so I do enjoy those big package tours like that, and I think it's really cool. But it's also kind of a sign that that style of music is on the decline too. That it takes like four bands of what used to be headliner status to basically play, you know, a 2000 seat club anymore. But nevertheless, you know, yeah, well, we're getting I mean, old. I we're getting old, and people my age, people our age, don't go out on Tuesday night anymore. You know, <laughs> even for like big bands, it was on the decline. Even like, even like, let's just say you're like your Black Label societies, or your, your even yeah, your they're big, playing clubs. Like, yeah. like Corn, like even those bands will play, and it's not, it wasn't the crowds that it was, but. I think since COVID, I think that that made everybody realize that they miss shows and they want to go to shows. I think that I think that we'll see. I mean, you have to lo- lose something to know that you've lost it. That's and true. I, Agreed. I think that everybody has certainly lost it, and I think that yeah. we'll see a. Uh, I think we'll see a different page. Once we get back out there, I mean, hell, I could be wrong. We could fast forward a year from now. You guys could call me back and be like. Yeah, you were wrong, dickhead. Uh, and I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> call, okay. call you back. Call you back a year from now, and you're like a manager at a KFC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How's the chicken business, dude? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, the chicken man. We're calling the chicken man, Neil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Do you guys? He's, he's do doing you, chicken you guys, death metal. It's great. So you guys run the studio. You do the studio. I assume you record other bands too, and you uh, play in a bunch of different bands. Are you guys able to make a living playing music, or you have to go work at the gas station between gigs, or do, go do construction between gigs? Are you able to make a living between your various gigs? Uh, well, not in the last year and a half. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I have, yeah. Yeah. I, I work uh, in between tours. So I work at a, a warehouse where we rent out lighting equipment for festivals and stuff. So it's mm. at least semi in the industry. Um, well, but even that, the last year you haven't been doing anything, right? Uh, yeah, I've been pretty much unemployed for the last year. Mm. Now, so, but other than that, uh, yeah, so like no, two I don't years make... ago, you were, yeah. Uh, I I fully was um, I was able to support myself because I also do front of house and I do uh, I tour regularly with Venom and that's a that's a good paying gig and yeah those uh, Europe, European gigs are good paying a bit yeah man so it's it's that's all been good for me I mean obviously in the past year and a half no one's done shit uh, so we've just been home yeah. um, but we have fielded some uh, some work at the studio which is great um, I've managed to play on some I've done some session work as a drummer so that's great you know and we have that ability so we're just looking forward to getting back out there as a matter of fact like i'm going out on tour in uh august um i'm heading out with deicide and cataclysm i'm going to do front of house for both of those bands so that'll be my first tour and uh so i'll be out so are they are they are they playing together yeah they're touring together Mm. yeah and it is coming to michigan and it is coming to chicago so Mm. Where is that? I think it's doing Reggie's, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and I think that actually just sold out. <laughs> okay, one of my fa- one of our favorite Chicago Chicago venues. So Neil is near Chicago. I'm like around the lake a bit. Around the, I'm kind of right between Detroit and Chicago. So probably doing the Sanctuary in Detroit, though. I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny, man. You talk about getting being ready to go back out. We are definitely ready to go back out. I have been like when I see these tours going on sale i'm just like going online buying it's it's worse than vinyl almost in that i'm just buying everything that's within five hours of me on a weekend just buying up tickets you know yeah i mean uh, i miss it as much as like the next guy so here we are yeah i've been buying too we just uh we just got tickets to go see king crimson this month and here in florida ah, a little progressive rock huh what about king crimson neil what's your feelings on king crimson my feeling of that is is robert fripp still playing with him oh yeah yeah okay so he's married to toya wilcox who keeps showing her boobs on facebook good <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah those daily those weekly videos right, weekly yeah, sunday yeah. videos yeah her and his him and his wife toya yeah is like is like fairly old wife dressed like as a cheerleader with her nipples popping out yes that's good good clean fun good clean family entertainment yeah, she's letting you know that the turkey's done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. You had one. You had one more song you wanted to. What was the other song, Neil? Did you write it down? Song for Did a friend. Down, you know, song for a friend. What? What? Do you, what can you tell us about this song, fellas? Um. Well, if you have a friend, <laughs> this is a song. I do, Neil. Neil's my only friend, unfortunately. Grumpy British guy. Uh, this was one of the uh, songs that was. Written by Speezy and myself. It was our, I think this was the first collaboration song that we did for the record. Um, it's a quick little banger, of course. They all are. Um, the lyrics are pretty, I guess, uplifting and 
Yeah, it's saying that you're, you're we're not enemies, you know. You're my friend, you know. Stop treating me like a enemy. Isn't that, know, isn't, that like, isn't that the opposite of all the death metal stuff that you write, which is about killing people and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's very nice not to do that. It's, it makes you go like, yes. I mean, all of all of my kids love this band, so that's killer, and I definitely have a lot of. Them. <laughs> that's funny. You, well, you it's like Mister. It's like Mister <laughs> Rogers compared to their regular bands, Neil. Yeah, Won't you be my neighbor? Well, <laughs> let's hear it then. Let's hear a song for a friend by Four. El Diablo. See, everyone's uplifted. And then, I feel better already. Yeah. I'm feeling better. Yes. Yeah. yes. Why do you well, have pictures it, of bananas behind you on your Bandcamp page? What's up with that? Uh, oh, because that shit is bananas, is it not? Andy Warhol? <laughs> what to do with that? Velvet Underground-ish? Is that it? Uh, that's more just like, wow, there's bananas back there. That's weird. That's pretty funny, isn't it? Right? We're, we're talking about it. Here we are. It may or may not be a... Uh, a prequel hint foreshadowing at the next record. So oh, just... yes. We could put shadowing record too, foreshadowing. See, I mean, it's it's yes. limitless where, where we can go well, with Well, we we know they love to like slightly plagiarize, Neil, so I'm going to guess that the next album is going to be called You Drive Me Ape, You Big Gorilla. Like <laughs> classic Dickie song. <laughs> Sounds it's like it. Be... Maybe not. Hit it again. Maybe not. That would be good. Well, it's, it, it's, it's funny, you know, it, and I, I thought the interesting thing, you know, the thing about your band, I, th- I think it, I find it very interesting that all these metal guys play in a, in a punk rock band. And I wanted to, like, I was going to do, like, finish up with a bunch of really quick, you know, which is better, the punk or metal. But you guys don't, you guys haven't been able to tour or play live yet. So, I mean, have, did you did you play in punk bands before or has it just pretty much been metal bands? Uh, I mean, I did when I was younger. I, my I only played like the only guitar player I could find when I was uh, 14 was a punk guitar player. So, so up until 16, that's all I played. So just a couple years, that's all I played. Uh, I really enjoy it, and for me, it's the same stuff. Like I said, I mean, a thrash beat is a a thrash beat is a D beat is a B sure. beat. Is a it's all it's more of the same. I mean, you know, maybe my fills are a little bit more straightforward in the punk thing, but it's still the same stuff. I think I'll look forward to playing this stuff because it's so carefree and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just like go out there and have a good time and throw the throw the throw the music at the wall and see what happens and go like a hundred miles an hour and then end the show and be like. That was bananas, you know. It's it like, was a half hour. It was a half hour, and you could drink like fifty beers without having to worry about that precision, right? 
Well, I I don't personally drink, but yeah, I could if I wanted to. I guess. I could. <laughs> okay. You could start and plan this yeah, without being a problem. You can start and finish. All yes. <laughs> Have one beer. <laughs> so the, the real the really important question I was you know like I said I had a whole series of things where I was going to ask you which is better playing in a punk band playing in a metal band you know the venues the fans all these sort of generic things but really the here's the here's the bottom line guys punk chicks or metal chicks oh boy oh boy that's a trick question because they don't show up at either of those no. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's yeah, I know it's ninety percent dudes and the ten percent that are yes. there are in there fact, in fact in fact you know what maybe you should have had sausages behind you instead of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. hey, maybe the bananas are like a uh, like a you know maybe that maybe it is phallic who knows <laughs> maybe that's our fans they're just a bunch of bananas behind us i mean hopefully uh hopefully we get some uh female audience for the punk band i mean i never expected for the metal bands of course because like yeah. you said the only girls at the shows are the guys boy for the guy's girlfriend, so... Well, yeah. the punk shows are pretty much the same thing. It's pretty much a 90-10. Even though it seems to be getting better, but but Neil and I have both noticed that, like, the unfortunately, the punk shows that have the most girls are the, like, the sort of the wimpiest bands, so... The more, like, the woke crowd, right, Neil? The yeah, woke crowd. Yeah, the woke crowd, who, yes, who don't like, like us at all, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, the, we're the anti-woke... We're the anti-woke crowd. Yeah, we're so, fast, fast asleep. We'll take early that's right. Yeah, the ones that like come in smelling like a crotch. Yes. <laughs> well, they leave smelling worse after rubbing elbows. All those sweaty head, non-deodorant wearing headbangers, right? So you don't want it. So neither of you wants neither of you wants to go on the record as to say whether or not punk chicks are hotter or metal chicks are hotter. That's what I'm saying. You guys are just scared to answer the hard questions. Is that the impression I'm getting? I'm terrified. No, I'm really I'm spooked. <laughs> Spook. Just be like, just be like the president. You just be like, I'm not answering any negative questions. <laughs> so okay, so I have to ask. Right, so on, listen, on, guys, no, hold a second. Yeah, on on the album, on the album, the song Churchill quote. What is what? Which Churchill quote were you thinking of? What what is that one about? Uh, well, Jeremy and I didn't write the lyrics, so oh, okay. We'll just open up and say it's about uh, somebody's cat named Churchill. Yeah, it's about <laughs> that cigar, the the Churchill cigar he smokes, and uh, and the cat. So. You guys are good. I like it. <laughs> you don't you. get stumped very easily. We'll be here all week. Thank you. Yeah, yes, very good. <laughs> Black metal so listen, comedy. Take, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we? Let's take a minute to promote, to promote your various things. What? Tell us about what's come out this year, and then tell. So the tell us about the four record first. That came out last year. Yeah, that came out in August of last year, um, and then. A few months. Is that, self, is that self-released, or, or what was that? Or did somebody else put that out? Who put that out? Uh, we put it out ourselves. Uh, we printed CDs here in America, and then we, we licensed had... it to a German label to uh, press it on vinyl. And then we ah, had... that's that creator, that creator connection, right? Is the, is your bass player still in Creator, or is he no longer doing that? Uh, no, he left uh, about two years ago. <clears throat> okay. So we self-released that and did the whole digital things so it's on spotify and itunes and whatnot um sure. and then uh, a few months before that that record the all-in-one that came out on blood blast distribution so that was that's nuclear blasts digital label um okay. so that record came out just digitally and then this year uh we had a gorgang ep come out in so April. tell me again what gorgang is because i actually don't know this band is All it like right. a like a grindcore Where, band or? Uh, it's another Swedish style band, but it's 
less melodic, more. I guess this one's kind of like got a bit of a crust influence to it. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I, so, okay. it's like gross Are you metal. This down, Neil? <laughs> gross metal. Are you okay. this down, Neil? Yes. You will be. You will be. I'll be tested. At the end of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that band, Jeremy sings. I play drums, and we both split the guitar duties. So you let the drummer sing. Now he did. You write the lyrics for that. Uh, yeah, I think I wrote. I think I wrote the lyrics for all of the Gora Gang stuff. And on Inhuman Condition, Taylor and I split up the lyric writing. Um, so Taylor wrote half of those, half of the record, and I wrote the other half. With one of the songs uh, was written by Paul, the drummer for Cannibal Corpse. Mental note, Neil. If we ever have to talk to these guys again, we have to go over those lyrics so we can really grill them on them because they refuse to answer for their bandmates. So. Yeah, I, can, I know the lyrics that we wrote, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, I can talk about those all day long. I mean, I'd I be have... curious to see. I'd be curious to see how far Neil would get into that record. I'm looking at the cover right to... now. I'm looking at the cover of a Cathedral of Chemicals. Oh, yeah, that was... oh, that's the Gore Gang. Plague that's of Gore Hammers. Gang. What? What? <laughs> I can only guess what Plague of Hammers is about. But that's okay. Well, that... see, I love the I love the cover, like that Rat God album. It's it's such a like a throwback. It looks to me like the throwback of the thrash throwback thrash albums when I was a kid. I love that car. I think it's great, but it's Thank it's you. not for everybody. Did, My did mother guys, wouldn't have liked it. Did you guys play Mario Brothers when you were younger? Uh, we were younger a long time ago, dude. I'm 10 <laughs> years older than you guys, and Neil's like 20 years older than you guys. Well, he, grew up, he grew up listening then, to the Pistols. Like, he saw the Clash maybe, and stuff. And then you guys maybe played uh, Mario Brothers, the original. Mario Brothers 1 came out in 84, I think. Okay. So I played Mario Kart with my kids. Well, there's <laughs> a guy that, like, stands on some rocks and he throws hammers down. And that's what Plague oh. of Hammer is about. It's about uh, uh, basically like an ultra god that no matter where you go, you're going to get hit with a fucking hammer. So uh, mm. so, it's, mm. so it's time to die, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> that's oh, great. Yeah. yeah, that's a brutal one. Yeah. Cathedral right, of Hammers is about, you know, is about fucking with everything that's in the air that's trying to kill us, whether it's... Uh, whether it's our sinuses, whether it's uh, you know, it's some fucking killer bees that are released, whether it's COVID, whether whatever it is, it's you know, it's all around us. You can't escape it. Hmm. But yeah, four, I can't really help you there as far as lyrics go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. over Where to you, Tom. You... Well, all no, right. no, I'm just trying. They're catching up. They're catching us up on their projects. They're through Gore Gang. Gore Gang. Yes. What's Where next? Name? So we had the Gore Gang EP, so that's our technically our third release with that band. Um, we self-released that as well, and uh, we had four originals on there, and we did a White Zombie cover, and then there's a handful of live tracks on there as well. Mm-hmm. So that was out end of April, and then that brings us to Inhuman Condition. Um, so that record came out June 4th. And then uh, we have another band called Eye of Purgatory with uh, another Swedish buddy, Raga Johansson. And this band, I also play drums, and I played keyboards and lead guitar, and Jeremy played bass on that record. Mm. And that came out June 18th on uh, Transcending Obscurity, which is an Indian label. And then June 25th is when the new Absence record came out. Yeah, that's on M Theory. And that's, uh, that's back to us doing our normal jobs. That's me playing drums and Taylor playing guitar. Hmm. 
All right. I hope everybody wrote that down. I had to. Exactly. I bet you do. I bet you you have to have one of those big calendars in your house. Like, we're, we're, this is when we're doing this band. And this one, especially right now with multicolored pens for each band. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, and the ge- the the geographical thing, you know, I just, I, man, it's, it's, it's weird times, you know. I mean, it's awesome that you can play with different guys from Sweden and Germany and whatever, but... But you know, I, I just the 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 you lose that intimacy of you know kind of all being in the same room and just rocking it out. So basically, you know, if you go on tour or whatever, you, we, you get together for a couple of days and rock it out, just practice like crazy for a couple of days and then take off. I mean, that's kind of like what like uh, you know like the bigger guys do. They just hire a band before they go, and the band practices up, and then they meet for a couple of days rehearsal, and then off to the races. There you go. That's true. Um, well, Taylor and I, we have great chemistry, and uh, no one that's in our circle that plays with us, uh, th- all these people have been vetted, and they all have good chemistry with us. So, I mean, musically, the chemistry is there, or else we just wouldn't do it. You know, we wouldn't have had them be a part of it. It just, you know, if, if it sounded contrived or didn't sound like an actual band, we just wouldn't have done it. Or we would have hmm. just done it ourselves, which we have great chemistry there. All right. I'll tell you what. I want actually. I want to ask one more question, then I'm gonna probably let you guys go and go to have your dinner, or work in your studio, or whatever you do next. But so you you both came from Massacre originally. Now they were kind of like one of the unsung of the like Florida death metal bands. Is that what? I, I really don't know them very well. I mean, I'm familiar, vaguely familiar with them. In what era? You guys were like a later era version of the band. Uh, yeah, we were only in the band for a year, um, from the end of 2019 until the end of last year. Yeah, so it was very short lived. We. And all the music that was that is on Rat God, we had written for Massacres, new what was going to be their new release. But uh, the singer kind of, uh, yeah, he turned out to be a shit. So we uh, <laughs> we we left and um, moved moved on and released Rat God. So there you go. So, but, so that, had, what 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 era was Massacre? What was the origins of, of Massacre year wise? Uh, they started in like '84. Uh, oh, okay, real early on, like the same time as Obituary, basically that same era. Uh, yeah, it was basically uh, Cam, who was the singer for Massacre. He used to play in Mantis, which became Death, and then okay. and joined Massacre, and then all the Massacre guys quit and joined Death, and then they all got fired and then rejoined and made Massacre again. So it's a pretty ridiculous hit. <laughs> uh, they had demos throughout the 80s put out one record in 91 they did another ep in 92 which is called inhuman condition um okay and, yeah i saw okay I, I saw that okay and then they that's where you guys borrowed out, your name from put out a weird rock album and then were disbanded for 10 or 15 years yeah and uh, that first band that they started which became death which was mantis was named after the guitar player for venom okay the, the original version. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I was time. able to see. Did you guys? Did you guys see Death? Or are you too young? Uh, I unfortunately did not, but I was able to see the. They did a Death to All, which. Yep. Uh, yep. Some of the old guys. Some of the other guys. Yeah. Guy from Death had passed away in 2001, so they did a couple of tours yeah. with uh, like other Death members playing Death songs. So I at least got to see one of those shows, which is pretty cool. I saw them towards the very end of their career at the. Milwaukee Metal Fest, which is no longer a no longer a thing, but I went to a bunch of years in a row and got to see a bunch of cool bands when I was 
Uh, it was about 20 years ago, I think, they quit doing it. But anyway, so I was able to see them. I think 99? It was towards the oh. end. But nice. Anyway, yes, it was, it was cool. I don't know that, you know, when you're young and you see these bands play, because you, you just think it's going to last forever, and it's hard to kind of soak it in and really appreciate what you're seeing, that it might not, you know, it might never get another chance when you're younger you always think you always get another chance now that's a good thing about being an older guy watching these bands like man you really realize it's something special you know that you're sort of lucky to still be able to see these bands play so, yeah anyway that was it that was my soliloquy it had nothing to do with anything but anyway no, listen good. we appreciate you guys we yes. we appreciate you guys coming on and talking to us and uh you're good sports and uh you can tell us privately off the air what uh, whether metal chicks or pwn chicks are hotter. But other than that, we will let you we will let you go and say good luck with your various projects. And I don't think I'll be dragging Neil to uh, to an inhuman condition show. But you know what? If four comes around to Chicago, we could probably we could probably make our way over there. All right. I mean, I don't know. Neil might listen to it and be like, "This is you know everything that I never wanted, but now I have it." So. It's true, and he does get pretty drunk when I come to town. Usually, if it, so, if you it, know, gets, if it you, gets much heavier than Thin Lizzy, I might be out. So there you go. <laughs> Thin Lizzy's about my fucking level right there. But Thin there Lizzy are fantastic. So what are you gonna do? There you go. Anyway, right. thanks a lot, guys. Best of, best of luck to you. I would yeah. say I'll, I'll let you add anything you want. Otherwise, I'll let you go. Yeah, if you want to pimp anything just, at all, if any websites yep. or anything at all, go ahead. Uh, you can check out. Uh, fourpunk.bandcamp.com and inhumanconditioned.bandcamp.com and I believe theabsenceofficial.bandcamp.com yeah and, and so on and, and, I'm, so gonna, on. and I'm gonna pick a random website I'm gonna say um, gothdisco.com because that could, that could be beneficial to any someone might you know find a benefit to it I'm, I'm going to good. it right now. And it might God not exist. It. Exactly. And if somebody doesn't have it, Neil's going to buy it right now. We're yep, going to buy that do- domain name and make a million dollars. Perfect. Uh, All right. You earned it. You earned it. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, guys. Guys, exactly. you were great. Hey, thanks a lot. You guys take care of yourselves, and we will uh, maybe catch you running down the road somewhere. Try yeah. to stay cool down in Florida. See you later, guys. Cheers, lads. All, All right, right. Thanks a lot for coming on. We'll see, see you. Ya. Bye. Hey guys, hope you don't mind me sneaking a little uh, a little metal into the Punk Till I Die podcast. I think it's kind of fun, a kind of an interesting interesting perspective, and uh, I appreciate Neil going along for the ride because I know it's not really his thing. So uh, yeah, man. No, so, I, I actually they're, I actually they're enjoyed they're nice it. No, I did. They they were really fun guys, and I enjoyed it, even though I'm still no clearer on the exact difference between regular death metal, Swedish death metal, uh, Florida death metal. Florida black metal uh, and some of the other <laughs> the huge distinctions that they pulled, uh, I probably wouldn't be I, able I to think tell. I'm going to struggle with it. You know, like when you were a kid and you were listening to music, did your mom just like say it all sounds the same to me? I think we're I think we're at that age where you might might say that, right? Yeah, like, but I got I've, I've got to imagine that some of those sub sub genres of all these different metal strands, I've got to imagine they're all pretty similar, right? But there's there's well, you definitely have to have a real trained ear to pick out, and I, I'm sure I couldn't pick out the difference between a super melodic Swedish death metal. <laughs> That's band. What I was you know, how melodic could it be? <laughs> I'm like, a, well, they have those dual, those singing lead guitars, like Thin Lizzy, Neil. That like Iron Maiden. You know, I know you're not an Iron Maiden fan, but man, they get the like sometimes they'll have the two lead guitars going at the same time, and it's got that same. I mean that's melodic. Yeah, but then when you, you know, got a, the, the, when you got a werewolf singing, it kind of takes it away, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're a werewolf, Neil. <laughs> You're a teenage werewolf. <laughs>
teenage werewolf. <laughs> There you go. Right, well, I, well, I enjoyed let's, it, let's... And, and I hope all of our listeners enjoyed it too. Because you couldn't be more, yeah. you know, anti-metal than me. But I, I really enjoyed that too. So we I won't, ent- we won't necessarily make a habit of it. I just thought it was kind of an interesting angle. So I'll tell you what, Neil. We're gonna play out with a song that I didn't know if it would insult him to play it while we were talking to him or not. I don't think it would because the one guy's in Venom Inc. And let's let's play out with the very classic, very crusty sounding. I'm sure some of you will really enjoy this. Let's play out with. Uh, with um, Venom doing In League with Satan. I think the kids will enjoy that. And uh, and and it, I don't know, maybe it's disrespectful to Mark Boland's tender heart now to say that after, you know, when we're going to play this awful Venom song. But now more, than, more than anything, they need to keep a little mark in their hearts, let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. And stay free, too. Yeah, and stay free, and, they'll, uh, and we'll smell those smelly sweaties later. Exactly. We'll see so, you later. Thanks for listening. Later, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye.